Uh, I got started because when I had to make the decision if I need an amputation or not, that was in 2005. I thought at that time it was hard to find um, people to speak to. Hey, 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 welcome to episode number five of the Socket Podcast, and I'm Van Tucker. We've made it, everyone. This is, <laughs> that's right. This is episode number five. Thank you for all the listeners and guests who joined our journey this far, and we're just getting started here. The Socket is a podcast about improving the quality of life of amputees, featuring conversations with the global amputee community. Today we have Bjorn, the creator of Active Amputee, a resource from amputees for amputees for to create an active lifestyle. Without further ado, let's dive in. How are you doing this uh, morning? I know it's kind of, you know, actually it's not morning for you. It's morning for me and it's actually like five o'clock for you. So I'm starting my morning and you're not starting your morning. So um, how's your day been? Yeah, fine so far. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, as you said, quarter past five, five-ish here. Sun finally coming out, had a nice walk this morning. Yeah, and just enjoying the Sunday. Nice. That, you know, Sunday, Sunday is a fun day. Just, you know, we have fun and even do a podcast. So, um, but, you know, for people that may not be or may not know exactly about you and what you do, can you just give a little background about your kind of what the active um, amputee is and what you kind of, um, what you do with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Bjorn, I'm the, the founder of and shaker and maker behind the Active Amputee. Uh, it's, it's a resource page I set up about, when was it? I think it was early April 2017, uh, a blog with a yeah, monthly blog, basically, a bit of video on the side, but just um, sharing stories from myself, from other amputees, what I do, providing information about, you know, where can you get funding for prosthetic equipment? Where can you get engaged in sports? Where do you get legal advice? Kind of the, yeah, the, the one-stop shop, so to say, for people with a limb difference. Yeah, and since April 2017, I'm running mainly a blog and I try to keep to a weekly schedule. And last year I also started with podcasting, uh, but it's, it's more and on and off and I try to get a bit more disciplined about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a common uh, thing with podcasting, trying to make a routine, you know, podcasting, blog posts, doing social media, so you kind of yeah. keep that rhythm going. So um, for the resources, you know, is it like a localized resource or a global resource? You know, how do you, how does that kind of work? No, it, it, it's a global resource. I, I mean, I'm originally from Germany. So um, yeah, I'm, have quite a lot of people readers here in Germany, although the resource, the blog is actually in English, which is a bit of a problem for some people here in, in Germany. But um, if I look at Google and others, it's probably, I think the main audience is in North America, the US and a bit in Canada, the UK. Uh, Germany is quite strong for it being in an, an English speaking uh, medium, but it's, it's worldwide. I think so far 130 something countries. So, so it's a, uh, yeah, no, it's worldwide. That's great. So worldwide, over 137 countries. And then, you know, for you kind of finding these resources, you know, that's like often, you know, a lot of people may go on, you know, today in this new age of, you know, there's a lot of different areas, you know, there's Facebook groups, there's people on Instagram, there's coalitions that have resources. So what kind of makes the active, T, active amputee resource a little bit different than the things that are already out there? But the way uh, I got started, because when 
I had to make the decision if I need an amputation or not. That was in 2005. I thought at that time it was hard to find um, people to speak to. And I mean, obviously at that time, the, the internet, there, wasn't, there weren't so many resources at that time. But I found it quite hard to find people where I could say, well, let me make up my mind independently from uh, medical personnel, mm. you know, where you just don't depend just on what your, your doctor says. Um, so I thought I wanted to send, set something up which is placed in between professional resources from like the amputee coalition or BIC or Otto Bock or others and something which is, so which is not that, but which is not just a purely personal block where you hear about people's personal journeys and after a while think, well, okay, I've heard your story now. That's, that's it. So, um, yeah, I, I tried to place myself in between where I say, okay, people know they can associate me with it and know there's a real person behind it. There's someone I can mail to and where I know that Bjorn is answering. And at the same time, I thought, okay, only hearing from me is a bit boring. Uh, so let yeah. me also make sure I bring in other people. I bring in people with, with other experiences. I bring in people with, with other journeys. I bring in people with, which can also you know, take me out of my comfort zone and challenge me on the stuff I say. And so to be in between these purely, uh, purely personal resource pages and the professional ones where I think it's more run like a not so personal organization or uh, yeah or co a professional company or something and that's yeah. where I that's where I see my niche yeah awesome and that you know from so you kind of getting started you kind of have that personal need for a resource and that's why you, you know going through that experience like wow I can kind of, I need to make something to kind of be that middle position yeah, I mean, there were lots. I had lots of questions when I had to make this decision, and also afterwards, there are lots of things where I think, okay, now I'm. I think the the, the after the amputation, we think, okay, the the wound healing and then the physical rehabilitation has more or less, you know, you're done after a couple of months, and then comes this question: How do I get back into some kinds of sports? How do I make sure I find the right prosthetic equipment for me? How do I make sure I I don't know uh, have an idea where I can potentially find money for I don't know, a climbing prosthesis or for joining international sports competitions. So to really just the questions I had and where I listened then in the community and thought, okay, there are other people having the same questions. How do you make sure people get the information they want? Incredible. So, um, so that, you, you dedicated a decent amount of time to kind of build this out. So how did you kind of, what, how did you come up with the, the title, the active amputee, you know, cause it's more than just being active. It sounds is actually a more resource for everything for amputees. So how um, do you kind of come up with the title, the active amputee? Well, I had, I mean, for me, I've, I've always been very active. And if you look at my medical history, I mean, when I'm, I'm almost 50 now, but in, when I was a teenager, I had bone cancer in the upper tibia, but at that time people, you know, the, the doctors didn't have to amputate the leg, but I had, limitations i mean i could use a leg in my day-to-day -day, uh, life but i couldn't run i couldn't really put a lot of weight on it um but i still tried to keep myself active and so when i finally had the amputation late 2005 i thought wow that's my chance now there's there's no limitation in the body anymore where i have to be careful where things can break where you can get an infection where i thought now let's use this newly won freedom and really do stuff um and but i at the same time i noticed that people I met in the rehabilitation clinic, very often they had an environment which wasn't very supportive because it comes from, as I think, this old mentality uh, where you think, okay, now you really have to make sure you don't overdo it with your other knee. You, you know, you are disabled. You should be 
you should be glad that you're alive. You should be able that you can still walk, but don't push it too far. You don't have to go climbing. You don't have to do da da da. I thought, well, why not? And I have a very supportive environment where people say, well, give it a go. And if, if you fall flat, flat on your bum, so what? <laughs> but others didn't. And so I thought, yeah. let, let, let's provide something where people can, the people who look for stuff can actually find it. That's awesome. So kind of going more through it, you know, because, you know, the active component is a big thing for you to kind of get amputees back being active or maybe they, this is the first time even being activists. You know, I've talked to many others that had the kind of similar story, you know, following the amputation, they actually became more active than they were previously. Um, I just did another podcast on um, another individual on that. So kind of what's kind of been your best experience you've kind of witnessed personally since starting the active amputee? Oh, there's plenty. Um, I mean, through this, through being active as an amputee myself, but, uh, but as well as kind of reaching out to people and asking them, do they want, uh, do they want to write something for, uh, for my blog post or do they want to uh, be on the show? I've met quite a lot of really inspirational people. And I know people have problems with this or I'm, yeah, I'm not inspirational, but I think many of them are. Yeah. Um, I think if I look back at, and this is really just, just almost random because there have been hundreds, but people which really, where I'm, uh, where I'm just awed, I must say. Um, Erin Ball, double amputee, uh, circus artist from Canada. I think she, oh, I think she rocks. Um, then another one. I met quite a lot of people in the climbing climbing scene in the UK. Um, there's one. He, he's okay now. He's an adult. He, he is pretty young. He's um, he was born without his. I think the the left arm below his elbow or was the right arm. I think he's 18 now or so. He's already a world champion, an amazing climber, really nice bloke. Um, another one is um, I, well, not met, but met through the internet, a bomb blast survivor from India, uh, Malvika Yeah, really inspirational, really nice person to talk to. Um, I mean, there, there are plenty. I'm, I like mountain hiking and, yeah, long long distance hiking. So there are quite a few people who I think, wow, they opted for, let's say the uh, the older versions of the yeah. high tech prosthesis. Kind of the let's yeah. get away from where I depend on electricity and still do kind of part of the Pacific Crest Trail and stuff. Where I think that's <laughs> that's great. That's right. Yeah, the Pacific Crest yeah. Trail is right in my backyard here. So you know, it's about cool. <laughs> uh, fifteen minutes away. So I yeah, see you guys yeah. all all summer long, kind of going through it. And like this one time, I picked up some. Uh, my wife thought I was kind of crazy, but I knew they were Pacific Trail hikers, and they're standing yeah, on the side yeah. of the road hitchhiking because they're doing <laughs> the Pacific, uh, Pacific Crest Trail. And I'm like, so I uh, pull over and we pick them up. There's three of them, and the. Uh, uh, one guy is a through hiker from yeah, I think, yeah. um, New Zealand, and he was like four months into his hi this hike. I'm like, and, yeah. and so hearing his story, we were only we were only in the car together for like 20 minutes, but his story of how he's just been hiking and going through for that long, and I'm like, wow. And, that, and then I see, and I haven't really talked to any other um, amputees I've done that yeah. through hiker, but on on Instagram, I was following some other through. Uh, uh, amputee a couple years ago that did the Pacific Crest Trail yeah, hike yeah. through it. And I'm like, wow, you know, that must be, that is That's incredible. Cause you know, for even 
that is just going through every single day hiking, you know, yeah, 50 yeah. miles or 40, it's, that's crazy. Yeah. So, and um, I think some of them on purely mechanical equipment where they, okay, I'm, I use a, a um, microprocessor knee, um, mm-hmm. which obviously, you know, it, it's great in terms of giving you this additional security and yeah, it just makes things a bit easier. But at the same time, it obviously comes along with the limitations, battery issues and so, but mm-hmm. where I think, on some of those days when I'm not that fit, thinking of walking with, I don't know, 15K on your back, uh, I don't know, as you said, 15 miles, 20 miles on, mm-hmm. a, on a mechanical knee, I find that, <laughs> that is a what, commitment, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's awesome that you've been able to kind of connect with all those other uh, experiences and how you've been able to share it like with the world through like uh, the platform that you've been kind of building. So Kind of going through, so what's kind of been some hurdles or um, challenges have you faced um, since, since your amputation how, and how did you overcome them? Well, I must say for me, I was, I was lucky in a sense that it was a, I chose the amputation. So as I said earlier, I had lots of metal in my, my knee from kind of the cancer, cancer surgery 15, 20, well, mm. 30 years ago now. Um, and after a while, it was just clear that, okay, I had a big infection, a big infection and um, I was looking at the options I have. And most doctors said, you know, keep your, keep your legs. So we're going to stiffen your knee and we put new metal rods in there and things going to be fine. I just said, no, sorry, a stiff knee is not, that's not me. Uh, mm. That's, I'm, I'm not. So I choose an amputation against the medical advice from the people I talked to. But at the same time, I knew that it's probably the most, it's probably the best option if I look at how I want to live my life three or four years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was very lucky. So I found a really good hospital, which had lots of um, experiences <laughs> in chopping mm-hmm. people's legs off. <laughs> and I found an orthopedic surgeon, which who was an above knee amputee himself. So I could talk with him really about the medical issues, but also about the rehab issues, the being active issues. And obviously it's much easier in terms of, you know, if you can choose the date and be in the right mindset. Um, yeah. So I was, I think the best situation there, I had a really good rehab process where I think I was in there, what, eight weeks or nine weeks. And I knew as soon as I leave the rehabilitation center, I need to go back to live independently. At that time I was living in London by myself. So I knew I leave the hospital. I need to be able to do my shopping, do my cooking, go to work and support myself. So I was quite committed of really using each and every minute of the rehab. Um, so I think things were rather easy and I was quite lucky now looking back. I had my first socket built. I mean, the first real socket once the yeah. swelling was gone. Was, I had that built within five days or something. It fitted nicely and I went hill walking and everything. And I, I was just assuming that's the norm. And I just know now the last six, seven days, uh, six, seven years that whenever we build a new socket, it takes months and months and uh yeah I, I was a bit years years to get it set um you know yeah you know, um, a lot of people go to different practitioners throughout that journey until they get one that really gets a good ex- fit exactly and even if you have i mean i had one built by that person and then we built one four years later same person same commitment really experience and we just don't get it right uh so it's yeah so i think the, the biggest challenge for me is really is, it's a socket fit i must say um I was really lucky the first eight years and 
since then, I haven't had a socket which fits nicely. Uh, they're okay-ish, but I want to push myself. I want to walk. I want to climb. I want to do stuff. And yeah. the socket's not the socket fit is not up to it. Um, then, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's partly whinging on a high level. I, w- I would enjoy kind of uh, if the German health system <laughs> would cover a blade or something. I mean, yeah. we're, we're really good in terms of we can get a mic- microprocessor rather easily compared to other countries uh, through our normal health service uh, without really my own contribution. Um, but anything above and beyond your first day-to-day prosthesis is, I mean, that's, that's on me. That's my private <laughs> stuff, so to say. Yeah. So there I think it would be, that's a bit of a challenge. But otherwise, uh, there I think I had it rather easy, I must say. <laughs> yeah. So, what kind of um, prosthetic system are you using? Um, how do you kind? Of, what's your kind of setup look like? You said you have a microprocessor, but we'd love to kind of hear from the technical side since you've been it, kind of, you've um, yeah, my, more and uh, lie different systems over the years of when you made the, uh, of the with the, the active empty resource. So, it'd be kind of cool to hear what you kind of came up with and you, what you're using. Yeah. I. I mean, I started out. Um, I started out on a normal skin, shuck, uh, skin suction system for the socket, so no liner, no nothing, just mm-hmm. you know, container and skin suction with the donning aid. And in the beginning, I had a C-Leg, I think it was a, a second generation C-Leg, I remember, with uh, one of the Otterbock feet underneath. In Germany, Otterbock C-Legs have to be used with Otterbock feet, at least at that time. So you don't have that chance to kind of play around with different components. And I used the C-Leg with the whatever that was, the foot, the one C something, uh, for 70 years, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was happy with it. I mean, obviously you had the things where you think, oh, it would be nice if the battery would last longer than just two or three days. And these, But generally, I did everything I wanted to do. I was really happy with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the, could, the foot could have been a bit more dynamic, but again, whinging on a high level, I would say. Um, afterwards, I upgraded to a Genium, um, still with a normal suction on skin suction system in terms of the socket. But there we already noticed uh, I, I had more and more problems with volume fluctuations of the stump throughout the day. So in the morning, really not getting into the socket. And in the late afternoon, especially if I'm active, I'm sweating a, lo- a bit, uh, just losing it completely. Um, so then we changed to a, a liner system with an additional sealing ring. And then just last year, I Basically, after another six or six and a half years on uh, the Genium, I now have a Genium X3, which I think is great. Still with the auto box feet underneath, I'm currently using a, a Taleo, which is is okay. Yeah, I would like to try around with a, with a few other feet, really something yeah. where I say, oh, now I'm really going out hiking with a lot of gear on myself. I want something which is a bit more, has a bit more power. But then again, I think it works fine and it's... Yeah, you can do a lot with different shoes, I think. If you think, okay, I'm, I'm out hiking, let's, let's just use shoes, which give me a bit of the thing which I would expect from the foot. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, tried, I tried the 3R80, so another Otto Bockney, but purely mechanical, because I thought, oh, I would like to go out hiking and kayaking and so more. But we, I think it's a great knee. I think it's, it takes a bit to get used to, but I think it's a great knee, you can do almost anything I wanted to, but I had problems with the, with me not finding a good fit for my socket. So each day the socket is a bit different. Mm-hmm. I had days when I just didn't 
use the 3R80 the way I could use it on the days when the socket fits nicely. Mm -hmm. So that's why I thought, no, that's actually, it's not, for me at the moment, it doesn't work. While I would enjoy the, the, additional, the additional freedom of not being, uh, not having to stay close to uh, an electric supply, uh, whatever, yeah. every four days or so. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Then, so it does sound like you, um, uh, you know, you're pretty active. So what's kind of your favorite act, um, outdoor activity? You know, it sounds like you go out off the grid for multiple days. So, um, so what type of act, outdoor activities do you like the most? Well, um, if I'm by myself, um, I really enjoy hill walking. Um, so if I have my backpack, my tent, and if you give me three days off, uh, I probably would say, <laughs> you see me three days, I go out somewhere hill walking. I used to live partly close, or well, part of the year I used to live in the UK, um, close to Wales, and there just walking in Snowdonia National Park, Brecon Beacons National Park. So that was, uh, that that's me. <laughs> yeah. um, if I had a couple of days off and a friend of mine had time, I really enjoyed sea kayaking, um, but I, I'm not good enough to actually do it by myself completely. So, but if we had two or three days, just again, you know, taking all the camping gear, stuffing it into the, the kayaks and just paddling along the Pembrokeshire coast or wherever, that is again, something I really enjoy. I, I always say I quite enjoy climbing, but I hardly ever go climbing outdoors. Um, that's something I need to get my act together a bit more. I went, I got a bit into lead climbing a couple of years ago, but I'm, I'm not doing it often enough to feel really comfortable uh, doing it. But I hope once the COVID lockdown uh, <laughs> ends and when the summer here really kicks in that, yeah, I, I hope this summer that climbing is higher up on my agenda and that I get a bit more practice and actually get more confident in lead climbing, handling different stones, just, just, yeah, get a bit better at it. What something which is on my list, but which I've never done is I really would like to try snowshoeing in winter. Um, again, that's something where yeah. in the UK there was just not enough winter to give it a try. Uh, but <laughs> when I settled back here uh, in Germany and I hope over the next couple of years, I can give that one a try. So yeah, hiking, climbing, kayaking, hopefully snowshoeing. Those are fun, all fun. You know, snowshoeing is always, I live up here in the um, Sierra Mountains, so next oh, to the cool. Lake Tahoe. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, the snowshoeing, all, all those activities, kayaking during the summers, and that's just kind of starting uh, and skiing and things like that. So, you know, uh, the outdoors is where, you know, really it's where it's at. I don't do many, yeah. multi, I don't do multi-day adventures. That's what I need to get into going out for multi-days. It's more like, Hey, go out for the day and come back. But multi-day yeah. is where it's at for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so kind of another question I got for you is like, what's one common myth about amputees that you wish to solve? Um, well, one thing which I wish to debunk <laughs> is from yep. people who, who see all these really always happy, always active amputees on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> let me debunk that. I'm pretty sure, yeah, they're really cool amputees, but all of us, we have our good days and we have our bad days. And we have the days when, we, when we're really happy with our setup and don't feel disabled. And I'm pretty sure even the ones which always come across as you know, I'm, I'm always fine. I think we have the days where we just think, ah, oh, this 
bloody prothesis I can't stand it anymore today. So I think um, also an encouragement for people who are struggling, especially in the beginning with maybe finding the right prosthesis, finding the right heads, the mindset to get in things. Don't take everything from Instagram. We all have our ups and downs and that's normal. So take the time and you get into it, embrace the, the limp loss, so to say. I mean, it won't grow back anyway, even if you don't embrace it. And then just do stuff you want to do. So that's, that's one. Another one um, is, yeah, is really the thing. Um, I'm, I must say I'm not too worried about politically correct or incorrect. And if someone, if we call it disabled or whatever, but I think really this don't take a label from someone else. If you think, okay, today I feel a bit limited, then be open about it. Say, oh, today I really need a bit of, I need, I need my own time. I don't want to be engaged something, but otherwise really be out there, try stuff. Don't be afraid of making a mickey out of yourself every once in a while. That's how, just how things go. Find an environment where you feel emotionally and physically safe to try out things. And so many things are possible. Even if you have a limp loss, even if you have other limitations, just give it a try. Find mates who support you. Find an environment where you feel, feel happy to try out things. And yeah, things might, you might have to develop your own ways. So maybe if you go to a climbing center, so they might not help be able to help you the way they help others. But yeah, just be open about what you need. And there's so many opportunities out there. Just give it a try. So don't take a label of, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. But be yourself and try it. So I think uh, with these two advices, I think people are off to a good start. That's awesome. You know, I think that's um, 100% true. Everyone sees like social media and they see all the things, you know, the one frame or story from the day that's all positive yeah. like oh wow that's i can never be like that person or why am i how are they so much different than me but they really don't see you know 99 percent of the rest of their day what they're actually going through because it's not on social media yeah, so yeah. um i think that's a great tip that you gave you know and just kind of going out and experimenting and trying things and you know going through that journey so and, and um, give it time be be patient give it time i mean it's really um, as you said earlier, I mean, sometimes getting the socket fit right takes weeks and months. And yes, we have our ups and downs. Sometimes you just think, oh, I can't stand it anymore. But give it time, be patient, and yeah, you'll get there. It's incredible. So we're kind of getting wrapped up here. So is there anything, um, you know, we wish we wanted to talk about that we haven't um, chatted about? Uh, I mean, one thing where I really encourage people, because I mean, obviously, depending on which health system you are in, there are some people which have easier access to kind of the, the gear you need, so to say. Um, but one thing where I really would like to encourage people is check out support groups, funding options, others. Um, it's amazing what's possible. And it's amazing no matter if it's uh, CAF or others, uh, Challenge Athletes mm -hmm. Foundation. Mm -hmm. Really, if you want to try something, I'm sure you find a way to make it a bit easier financially and in terms of advice and peer support. Yeah. And otherwise... Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So where can the audience um, find you and connect with you if they have any questions or just can find all the amazing things that you're doing? I mean, I mentioned the blog earlier and you find the blog uh, with www.theactiveamputee.org, all one word. Um, then I run a podcast, which again is the Active Amputee Podcast. So you can hop over to my blog and then you find a link there. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not on Facebook. I'm one of the few, I think. Uh, I'm on. I'm a bit on Twitter, but not really active there. You find me on LinkedIn more for the technical stuff, and you find me on Instagram, kind of for the yeah, whenever I feel like it. And also on Instagram in the bio, there's a kind of a link tree, several link issues. So yeah, would love you to uh, pop over to my blog. Would love you to pop over to the podcast and let me know what you think of it. Well, awesome, Brian. Thanks for joining me on your nice Sunday evening, wrapping up <laughs> the, the weekend. You may have a fun week. And thanks for all the listeners listening to us here on The Socket. And look forward to, you know, our goal is to help improve the quality of life of amputees. And in this episode, you know, we learn more about the resources and methods and how, you know, the limits they're doing at the active amputee. So make sure to check out that and follow. Join the newsletter join his podcast, you know, that's the whole idea is to spread the word out to everyone because our, you know, if we can just help one person, it makes all this worth it. So thanks everyone.